You're listening to The BizCast on the C-Suite Network. Welcome to The BizCast. You work hard in your business and you want to know what it takes to get to the next level. The BizCast is where we interview best-selling business authors, thought leaders, and C-Suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Whether you're the leader of a Fortune 100 company or your company is just taking off, what you're about to hear will help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Linda Kaplan-Thaler. Linda is one of today's most successful marketers. She's been the inspiration behind many successful and culturally significant ad campaigns like The Aflac Duck, I'm a Toys R Us Kid, and many others. Indeed, Linda's talents have earned her a number of prestigious awards, including the Matrix Award, the Muse Award, and the Advertising Woman of the Year Award. She was recently inducted into the 2015 Advertising Hall of Fame. We're here to talk about her new book, Grit to Great, How Perseverance, Passion, and Pluck Take You from Ordinary to Extraordinary. Linda Kaplan-Thaler, welcome to the show. In your book, co-authored with Robin Koval, you talk about how perseverance, passion, and pluck can take you from ordinary to extraordinary. How so? Well, you know, when Robin Koval, who's the co-author with me on this book, uh, we started looking into how did we become successful because we're two girls from the Bronx who started an ad agency which quickly became one of the fastest growing agencies in America. Now has over 800 people and uh, billions of dollars in billings. And we're trying to figure out, like, how did this happen? Uh, and then we started looking at other companies that and other leaders, and we re- much more famous than us. And we started realizing that the one thing we all have in common is how ordinary we were in many respects. Colin Powell was a C minus student in college. Um, Steven Spielberg did not get accepted into film school the first three times he applied. Michael Jordan, a lot of people don't know this, did not even make it or qualify for the high school varsity basketball team when he was in school. So you think that these people were born with the it factor. They were, they were incredibly brilliant. They were incredibly rich. They were, they had this amazing, uh, physical prowess or musical talent. And then when you start looking at the research, what we did, we spent almost three years uh, developing and writing this book. You find out that of people who are born prodigies, only 2% of them actually go on to do anything special or magnificent in any way, shape, or form. But 98% of the people who are successful, they don't have the it factor. They have the grit factor. And we define grit as an acronym, guts, resilience, initiative, and tenacity. And what we realized is, as we start started reading more and more research and interviewing more and more people, this is the biggest predictor of success. And the best news is you don't have to be born with grit. You can develop it. And this book shows you how. Can you give us some examples of some business leaders that we might know today that have that grit factor? Well, one of the people we talk about in our book is Dave Thomas, uh, who, you know, the founder of Wendy's, uh, one of our clients at uh, Publicist New York. And this man epitomizes grit. He was uh, an orphan. He, you know, quit high school, I think, in 10th or 11th grade, was very, very poor, worked as a short order cook, but through the dint of hard work and sweat equity, built up an empire, as we know, of Wendy's. 
Uh, Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba. Very few people know that when he graduated college, he couldn't even get a job working at KFC. These people had an immense amount of stamina and resilience. And we talk about this in the book because it's important for people to realize that they don't have to be special. They don't have to be extraordinary to do something extraordinary. Even if you look at people who are Nobel Prize winners or Pulitzer Prize winners, and then you start looking at their IQs, you go, that's odd. I thought they'd all be geniuses. And they're not. They have above average IQs. Well, Linda, you mentioned Wendy's. And one example that you give of grit in your book is the story of when your team pitched Wendy's for their business. Um, can you tell us a little bit of that story and how that went? Well, we were the lowest head agency on the totem pole. We were the smallest. Uh, uh, this is several years ago. And we nobody thought we were the black sheep. Nobody thought we right. had a chance to win. And then we all picked up a copy of Dave's Way, uh, which is Dave Thomas's seminal book on, you know, leadership and, 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 and stamina and pers perseverance. And we decided we were just going to use this as the, our playbook. And we did everything. We decided Michael Bloomberg, our former mayor of New York, once said, I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room, but I know I outwork everybody. And that's why I always win. So we decided the only way we could win was to outwork everybody. And we did everything. We went to the restaurants and, and worked as short order cooks. And we had sleepovers at the agencies so that people could just be here 24 seven. We knew everything on the menu. We ate our way through the menu uh, because this job does have some perks. <laughs> and the Wendy's food is delicious. <laughs> and we not only showed commercials, we actually produced commercials. And we wrote a jingle. And we, I, you know, 45 storyboards and 25 TV commercials. And just the amount of work that went into it was unbelievable. And at the end of the day, a lot of the agencies showed great work. But they did say to us, you know what? We didn't think anybody could work harder than you did. So it's a lesson to everybody. Well, you talk about that in your book, even going back, um, you and your co-author, Robin Koval, I mean, are two girls from the Bronx who had no special advantages or privileges and rose up through your own hard work and, and drive to succeed, you know, to the top of your profession. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Um, in other words, looking back at that kid in the Bronx, did you ever think that at that time you'd have the level of success that you've had? No, because I think that I followed, and we talk about in the book, that I, we, we tell people who have a dream to ditch the dream. I never really thought about where I wanted to be. I never thought about, oh, I want to be a great composer, and I want to be a great playwright, or even a great, great advertising person. I really always concentrated on the problems of the day, and I always tell people, solve those small problems every day. Don't spend any time visualizing your success. You know, Estee Lauder once said, I never once dreamed of success. I work for it. Uh, and there's a great Yiddish proverb that said, um, if you want your dreams to become a reality, wake up already. It's too easy to float in that Neverland. And look, let's be let's be honest. It's impossible to know what the world is going to need five years from now. Um, Eighty percent of the jobs that are going to be available to students who are freshmen in college, eighty percent of the jobs that will be available when they graduate, guess what? They haven't been invented yet. So stop sort of putting yourself in the this hazy future where everything is perfect. Uh, and they've done research, which we talk about in the book, 
you know, they looked at college graduates from NYU and they put them in the, you know, the dreamers, the ones who had these lofty ideals of what they're going to do. And then the plotters, the people who said, okay, tomorrow morning, I have to put a resume together. I have to make some cold calls. I have to pound the pavement. Guess what? They followed them years later. As you would imagine, the dreamers got nowhere and the plotters were the ones who slowly, slowly, like, are getting up Everest with a toothpick. They were getting in the right direction. And so we always tell people just forget that dream and concentrate on what you were going to do. You know, I worked for a man for 17 years when I was in advertising at J. Walter Thompson. His name is Jim. And he wanted to be a novelist in the worst way. And he never once talked about his dream. He just woke up every morning, work from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. before he would come in to work at the ad agency and then work for an entire day. And he did this seven days a week for 21 years. And finally, 20 years, we had worked together almost 20 years. We're on a plane going to Rochester for a Kodak account and Kodak business. And he said, I figured out how to write a bestseller. And that was the Alex Cross novel, and that guy Jim is, today we know as James Patterson, the number one selling uh, fiction writer in the entire world. And you know what? He never once was talking about his dream. He just worked for it. Linda, what was the difference for you? So if you weren't really dreaming and thinking big as a kid, what was the switch that switched on for you that set you out on your journey in advertising success? I mean, how did that happen for you? Well, you know, it's funny. We talk about in the book, I, I tell people for, you know, for plan A doesn't pan out. You have to bend like bamboo. You have to be flexible. You know, plan A for me was to be a performer. I was in a comedy troupe and I was doing uh, off off Broadway things as an actress. And when I realized that I really didn't have that passion that you needed uh, to really be tenacious, my plan B was to go into advertising, and I realized that was something I could really be passionate about. Uh, one of the reasons is I actually got to eat. Didn't eat that much <laughs> right. when I was in my 20s, but I was beautifully thin, I have to say. <laughs> one benefit, I was yes. very thin. There was <laughs> one benefit. But, you know, what happened was when I discovered I had this passion, you know, Mark Twain said, you know, find something you love to do. You'll never work a day in your life. I think it was him, or maybe it was Thomas Edison. And and it's really true. Uh, I never look back because I really just always was having so much fun doing it. And it, for me, a light switched on and I went, oh my goodness, I can be entertaining. I can write. I can perform as I present work. I can do everything that I want to do um, as an advertising person. And Robin and I, when we started our agency about 18 years ago, really it was just in a, a brownstone that uh, my husband and I owned. And we started with four or five people, and we quickly became one of the fastest-growing agencies in America, merged with publicists to have over 800 employees now. And uh, I'm lucky to say that uh, we brought some great people with us. We love to collaborate, and we created the Aflac Duck. <laughs> I want to ask you about that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you brought it up. I want yeah. to ask you about that. I mean, um, you were there at the impetus of that Aflac duck and that, that ad has really become a cultural kind of benchmark. <laughs> um, like many of your, like many of your <laughs> campaigns, really. Um, so what was the, yeah. how did the Aflac duck come into being? Well, who, what, how did that idea happen? And then I also want to ask a little bit about what happened with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we were a little known agency. And because, you know, I wrote another book with Robin called The 
power of nice. I didn't, unbeknownst to me, 15 years earlier before we were pitching, uh, I'd taken somebody out to lunch who just 15 years later wanted to repay the favor. And he was the one who suggested that Aflac even come to us. And at the time they had 3% awareness. They were in Columbus, Georgia. We were in Manhattan and nobody could remember even the name of what we were pitching because it's a hard name to remember. So I kept going Aflac, Aflac, Aflac. And finally one of the art directors pinched my nose and he said, say that again. And I went Aflac. He said, you know, this is really crazy, but you sound like a duck quacking. And rather than shoo it away as a stupid idea, I realized, you know, that one of the biggest problems that like us, nobody could remember the name of the company. And they had spent $100 million in advertising and they had this very low awareness. So something was off. So we came back and I said, you know what? That's how America is going to remember the name of this company. We're going to have a duck being the insurance salesman. And they thought we were nuts, you know. and um, and we actually offered to pay for the testing ourselves. I always tell people, you've got to really have guts. And so we put it on the line and we spent thousands of dollars of our own money and came back the highest recall score ever in the history of insurance. So much so now that when ducks see other ducks, they immediately think of supplemental insurance. <laughs> so you know that you've done something successful there. My guest today is Linda Kaplan-Thaler. Her new book, co-authored with Robin Koval, is called Grit to Great, How Perseverance, Passion, and Pluck Take You from Ordinary to Extraordinary. And if you'd like to get a copy of Grit to Great, just go to the C-Suite Book Club and get it there. Visit c-suitebookclub.com. You'll find a great selection of great business books from our C-Suite Book Club authors, thought leaders like Dave Kirpin, Jeffrey Hazlett, and my guest today, Linda Kaplan-Thaler. So just visit at c-suitebookclub.com. It's time for a quick break, but when we get back, we'll talk some more. Over 3.2 million new book titles are published every year. What are you doing to help your book rise to the top? Submit your book to become part of the C-Suite Book Club, the premier source of leading business books for C-Suite leaders, executives, and celebrities. Visit c-suitebookclub.com author to submit your book today. That's c-suitebookclub.com slash author. You're listening to The BizCast with Kevin Crane on C-Suite Radio. Welcome back. My guest today is Linda Kaplan-Thaler. Linda is one of today's most successful marketers. Her talents have earned her the prestigious Matrix Award, the Muse Award, and the Advertising Woman of the Year Award. She was named one of Advertising Age's most influential women in advertising and was recently inducted into the 2015 Advertising Hall of Fame. Linda, it's been great speaking with you. I know we're almost out of time, but before I let you go, you give advice to some of today's best brands and C-suite leaders, but what was the best piece of advice you ever received and how has it shaped who you are? Well, I will tell you that... Um... This whole notion of never giving up. I worked with an art director many years ago, uh, Greg Weinschenker. I adore him. We're still friendly. And we were pitching the Toys R Us account. And in my heart, and we had this line, which James Patterson and another woman, uh, Dina Vesey, that I work with, came up with this line, I don't want to grow up with a Toys R Us kid. And I instinctively felt, I had my master's in music, I instinctively felt it should be a children's song, that it would be an easy way to remember it. But I was afraid, and I wrote a song. Uh, which you've probably heard. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And I refused to play it for <laughs> James Patterson. 
I refused to play it for anybody because I thought it was terrible. And my art director, unbeknownst to me, kept coming back and going, you know, Linda, I can't stop singing this song. I really think it's catchy. You have to play it for Jim, you know, James Patterson. And then you have to play it for the client. And I, I just was afraid to. I, I just had so much fear. And he said to me, don't be afraid. You know, it's kind of that we talk about in the book, lose the tightrope. You have nothing to lose. The worst that can happen is somebody could say it's terrible. And only because he forced me to play it for the client and Jim Patterson forced me to play it for the client that the client said, you know what? That's kind of catchy. And they tested it with five-year-old kids who gave it a thumbs up when the thumbs were not in their mouths. And um, I remember sitting and James Patterson saying to me, well, I just heard the news. You got yourself a national jingle and uh, it's the longest running jingle I think in American history but if I didn't have somebody telling me to be brave it never would have gotten out the door that's Linda Kaplan Thaler her new book co-authored with Robin Koval is grit to great how perseverance passion and pluck take you from ordinary to extraordinary get it at the c-suite book club at c-suitebookclub.com Linda thanks a lot for being my guest today Thank you. That'll do it for this episode of the BizCast. Join me next time when we continue to talk to business authors, thought leaders, and C-suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Don't forget to visit the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Great books by great business authors. Only the best at the C-Suite Book Club. And if you like what we do here at the BizCast, don't be shy. Give us a shout-out on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Meanwhile, until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Crane, for the C-Suite Network. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the C-Suite Network. C-SuiteNetwork.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.